Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, did the Mandalorian get off to a good start? We say goodbye to the legend, Sir Sean Connery, and rejoice, all you McRib lovers out there. The McRib is on its way. All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the pop culture cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from pop culture cosmos game source Inside Sports Fantasy Football and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can give us a like, share, subscribe, follow, throw out some of those Facebook gaming stars at us, it is truly appreciated. Anyway, you can go ahead and support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos Inside Sports Fantasy Football Game Source, Lakers Fast Break, and also Josh's things that are out there, including Topic Topicocalypse, the Super BS Gamescast, and more coming up here in a second. But it wouldn't be a pop culture cosmos without my good friend. He's our own McRib of Pop Culture Cosmos. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today at popculturecosmos.com. His awesome book, Congratulations, You Suck, which I have now on my kindle you can also go ahead and check it out today at amazon.com or barnesandnoble.com it is my good friend it is mick josh peterson what's up man what's up what's up what's up i hear there's some big things coming out of mcdonald's these days but i'm sure we'll get to that later what's going on man how you doing not too much getting over the halloween celebration i hope everyone had a safe and happy Halloween, and is going to go ahead and hopefully head into a great month of November. Want to go ahead and give everybody a shout out on what was coming up for today's program. We're going to go ahead and honor the late Sean Connery, who passed away this weekend at the age of 90. We're going to talk about a little some of the things that went on in his career that we liked, that we followed, and obviously delve into his world of James Bond. We're going to review, or at least I am going to review, the Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 1. How was it? Did it get off to a better start than last year's? For me, at least anyways. Because I know a lot of people loved it right off the get-go. For me, it was a nice slow burn that really got better and better almost every time out. So I'm going to talk to you about my thoughts on Episode 1 coming up. Walmart is kicking off the Black Friday season this year in a little bit different fashion. So we're going to talk about their first ad coming up this week 
right here on the show. And we also have Kelly Lanigan, who is going to be on today's show later on the program on the back half of the hour talking about HBO's The Vow. And Ben Arnault is going to tell you why he's so excited for The Mandalorian as well. My friend, there's so much to talk about on today's show, like I said. But the first thing, obviously, we got to lean into some very sad news came over the airwaves this weekend. And that was the passing of one of the great actors that I have just admired for so many years, ever since I was a young lad watching the first James Bond movie I ever got to see. And that was the passing of Sir Sean Connery this weekend at the age of 90. Very sad. Uh, a lot of people all around the world are expressing their thoughts on it. It just really just goes to show you that you built this layer of respect. And over the years, his career speaks for itself. Some very high highs and some very low lows. He's been a part of some really uh, not so great movies, but he also has been a part of the Indiana Jones adventures with Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Obviously, his work with James Bond in many movies there being the original James Bond. And we'll go on to that in a sec here as far as James Bond. But he has so many more movies that hit The Rock and, of course, his Oscar-winning turn in The Untouchables, which I think really stole the movie, even away from good performances from Kevin Costner and Robert De Niro. So I want to hear your thoughts, my friend, on the passing of Sir Sean Connery. It's truly devastating to the Hollywood community but also we just lost a true legend. Yeah, I mean that was it was kind of unexpected. I was kind of I was sitting on the couch and then, you know, the news popped up on a, uh, you know, Sean Connery's death and it was something that I I don't know, you don't really like think it could happen. It's like losing Nicolas Cage, you know, it's just one of those actors that have had like such a big role in movie history and people make jokes about them and that kind of like immortalizes them you know you see the memes and the jokes and like k-rock used to be relentless when it came to uh sean connery jokes but it, it was just it him dying was something you never really thought about and then it happens and you know you, you kind of look at it like what did he mean to me you know what uh, should i feel sad about this or how should i feel about it i you know for me like i yeah, it's sad he's gone, but it's not something that like has hit me really hard, but it has left me like really thinking lately about his legacy on film. And I think that he has left a legacy that few actors can really, you know, live up to. So many great movies he's been a part of, so many movies in detail he's been part of. Obviously, the one that sticks out the most is how he originated the James Bond character on screen in the movies. And he wasn't their first choice uh, at the time. He, I've heard him in interviews this past weekend that that were taped many years ago stating that he was the uh, budget-conscious choice, to say the least. They wanted to get higher-profile actors for the role, but that role fit him to the T, and he molded it and to what we see today with Daniel Craig's character and all that. I'm going to say this out loud. Is he the greatest James Bond ever to play the role? Because I think it's really hard to go ahead and do anyone else justice compared to him. There's been a lot of great performances outside of what he's done, but I really think when it comes to James Bond, it starts with Sean Connery. Yeah, yeah. I mean, any anytime you hear people talk about James Bond, it is always Sean Connery, right? Like, who was the best James Bond? Sean Connery. 
a lot of people like to say Pierce Brosman, but he was like my least favorite. So uh, I disagree with you on that one. So, but okay, uh, that's yeah, for another day. I mean, another another day is Sean Connery. Another Sean Connery. day, yeah. Sean Connery is yeah. He is like the OG James Bond. He was the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. You know, he was Indiana Jones. He was uh, what was that movie where he played King Arthur and Richard Gere like made his wife cheat on him? Oh, First Night. Is that the one I'm thinking about? Yeah, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. He was in a lot of big roles, but he was he was also in a lot of like obscure roles. Like he was a classically trained actor and he left a legacy on cinema that few people can really live up to. But like he was someone who always tried to like stay out of the out of the newspapers and tabloids and stuff like that. So he was the everyman's actor, if that makes sense. Let me ask you this going on James Bond actors and you might change your mind uh, on what you just said in regards to Pierce Brosnan after this, George Lazenby was the actor who played in one role, one time the James Bond, her majesty's secret service. Uh, you know, when I ask you with George Lazenby, his performance wasn't very well thought of. And obviously they jumped into Roger Moore and they, they decided to go into a different direction after one outing with, George Lazenby for Her Majesty's Secret Service. I want to ask you this. Had George Lazenby started off with Dr. No and the original James Bond movies, would that have changed your perception on the whole James Bond thing? Do you think it would have achieved the same level of success if it would have been George Lazenby filling those shoes? Because personally, if it wasn't Sean Connery in those early roles, I don't think the James Bond lore would be what it is today. No, no, not at all. I honestly like, okay, I take that back. George Lazenby is probably my least favorite one, but you know, I see why he only had one film. And what wasn't, weren't there like contract disputes going on at that time? Like, didn't Sean Connery do like a one off James Bond movie? He did one in the 80s, yes, playing the role of yeah. James Bond, but it's not an official canon James Bond, but it, yeah, even though all... he did play James Bond, yeah. They don't call it like an, an Eon film. I think there's yeah. what they refer to those as. But um, yeah, I mean, I think Sean Connery, like he embodies that role. And I think and what's interesting is that in a lot of interviews with the actors that followed him, you know, you ask them, where are you drawing inspiration for this character? And a lot of them will say they're trying to build upon what Sean Connery has already done. Absolutely. So it'll be very sad going forward when uh, a little bit melancholy when you see either daniel craig or whoever uh, succeeds daniel craig in the role of james bond or 007 or anything of that nature because the legacy that has been left behind by sir sean connery but there's so many other great roles the highlander the original which uh, a lot of people love his take as the mentor so to speak to christopher lambert in his role there so well i will say this however much i enjoyed the Highlander, the first one, the Highlander number two is probably one of the worst movies I've ever seen of all time. So let's not, you know, it's like I said, there's there's really high highs when it comes to Sean Connery's careers. And there's some also low points in his career where maybe he was there in, in the middle of something that maybe he shouldn't have been a part of. I know the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is not very well thought of. I know there's some others out there that he was a part of that maybe hindsight's twenty twenty on that. But, you know, there's so many highs, obviously playing Harrison Ford's dad in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. It's just a tremendous performance and really made it a lot of fun. 
and working with Steven Spielberg. Uh, I know that was for Steven. Uh, he's quoted to say, you know, how much of an ex great of experience it was working with Sean. And then The Untouchables, again, I got to go back to that. That is his Oscar winning performance. And I believe it's when really you got to see the true. I, I think it's one of the best points in time and probably where you got that that mentor, that mentor type uh, actor the supporting actor that's a mentor to whatever lead character it is. I think that's really the defining role for that type of character within the film genre is his role in the untouchables. Yeah. That's um, I haven't seen that movie in a really, really long time, but yeah, I remember that. Cause that was a Kevin Costner film, correct? Mm -hmm. With Robert okay, De Niro yeah. playing Al Capone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so he 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 rubbed the elbows with a lot of uh, you know, big big names. Yeah, I mean, I I think that you know, when when you reach that point, you know, like you said, when you become you're playing the part of a mentor in a film like that is very symbolic of just, you know, what people think of you and, and you know, in terms of Hollywood. His legacy will always live on and one of the most revered actors of this or any generation sir sean connery has passed away at the age of 90 and we'll miss you sean and anybody out there that plays the role further of james bond anybody who says bond james bond it always goes back to him and the legacy that he's left behind what are your thoughts out there on the passing of sir sean connery at the age of 90 we want to hear your thoughts on movies that you that really, really endeared you to him and to his acting skills. We want to hear your thoughts on some great Sean Connery performances. I know there are so many others that we didn't even mention. Please share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. Please join us for the very first Indie Pods United Convention. This online event is for both new and veteran podcasters, where we will listen and learn from each other. The online Indie Pods United Convention begins on the 29th November through until the 3rd of December 2020, featuring amazing shows and information to learn more about the great world of podcasting. For more information and to register for this unmissable event, please visit the website now. IndiePodsUnited.com IndiePods United Convention Together we listen. Sponsored by Pinecast, Reset Business Consulting, the SJ Network, Roca Bella, Cami, and Kelly. Well, my friend, there's more to talk about on today's show. The Mandalorian has exploded onto Disney+. Plus. I mean, everybody's talking about it. I know you are probably the only person on the planet that hasn't seen it yet who is going to. So I won't give you any spoilers out there, but... I can tell you this, this time last year, or actually it was actually about two, three weeks later on in November. But I will say, my friend, that The Mandalorian, for me, season two, episode one, got off to a much better start. I think for me, it was really very fitting. It has a Western type feel even more. I know that's something that they patterned the show after our, our American Westerns, the spaghetti Westerns things of that nature, and it really has that Western-type feel. I, though I can't get into specifics because you haven't seen it yet, are you still excited to see The Mandalorian after all this time? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've recently started going back and watching Star Wars again, just trying to like get my hype level back up for it or see if it still has the same effect on me as an adult, even after, you know, the bad taste of some of the latest movies to come out. And I feel like The Mandalorian is a good like mixture of the things that made Star Wars so great and the the things that star wars could do and uh you know if they were to take you know a page from the mandalorian and take a page from some of the newer uh you know games that have come out that they are considering canon i think that the next star wars could be something very very special i'm hoping it'll be something very very special i mean they've gone to great expense on this episode i think it really has a nice look and feel high production value it was written and directed by John Favreau. So John Favreau has really got his hands all over this. He's had his hands all over season one, obviously overseeing everything, but he wanted to get the series off to a good start again this year. I wasn't as big a fan as, again, outside of the shock value of the end of episode one last year of seeing Baby Yoda. For a lot of people, was the the beginning of this craze. But for me, this didn't seem to have many issues outside of I, I was worried last year about the timing and and how things ran plus you know a little bit inconsistent on the pacing this felt really really smooth it felt almost like i was watching a 1950s western and even though there's an overarching theme it felt like this is okay this is the the challenge for the gunslinger this week and bring it all together for this episode and I understand that to map it out, it's going to have to have another, okay, this is the episode this week. This is what he's going through. This is the adventure for this week. This is the adventure. It's they're trying to go ahead and make self-contained adventures while still trying to tell an overarching narrative. At least it got off the season to a good start. I was very happy with it. And of course, the surprise that's in there, which is not too much of a surprise since it's already been talked about at so much length already. It just tells you where they want to go with the series. So I'm looking forward to Josh being able to see The Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 1. But before we head on to another topic that we're going to be talking about, I mean, when it comes to The Mandalorian, is it right now going to be going forward something that I think a lot of people want to see? And do you think that ultimately it's going to be so big as it is right now because Baby Yoda is the hottest thing in town? Do you think that it could actually be revived as far as a movie, per se? Because I spoke about it on Friday's show with No Ian Fine about The Mandalorian and about how it could have a future on the big screen. Do you think that's where it ultimately will end up? I, I don't think so. I think, if anything, The Mandalorian is like the spiritual successor to return of the jedi that everybody wanted or didn't want but i mean nobody's done a cinematic star wars show ever and because of like just how important this property has become to people i'm hopeful that this is like disney's kind of sitting back taking notes on what does and doesn't work knowing that like hey we have to take our time on storytelling we have to really like dive in be true to the lore and not you know just manufacture these things over and over again so i'm hoping that this is kind of a turning point for them uh, as far as the star wars canon goes and that you know it could lead i would love to see the mandalorian character on the big screen but i don't think we'll see like the mandalorian the movie because look at they're they're making more money spreading it out as a series true true 
I don't know. I mean, the thought that you see now with these streaming outlets where they run series like three, four, five years, and then have you know, Stranger Things. I'm going to equate it to Stranger Things because that's considered to be one of Netflix's highest properties right there. Stranger Things is ultimately going to have a point where it's going to stop, but they still want to do more with the series. So it could lead into a Stranger Things movie. I see the same thing for The Mandalorian. Maybe four or five seasons of The Mandalorian, and then you never know. If there's still a lot of clamor for it, there could be something that goes on. By then, the movie theaters hopefully will be a place where people will populate once again. And by then, maybe that's something, a way to go ahead and spice up the Star Wars series even more. Because the future for the Star Wars series in theatrical films is kind of murky. So why not go with something that's been proven already on a small screen? Yeah, so I mean, I, I can see it being like a Disney Plus movie. I just, I don't see it being something that they're going to like throw up on the big screen you know i can same thing with stranger things like if they're going to do a movie it'll probably premiere on netflix as opposed to like being something that is distributed across you know whatever movie theaters would be left in the country at that point in time well we'll see what happens with the mandalorian and we'll keep talking about it because you know it's what everyone out there wants to be talking about and that is the mandalorian that's available now episode one season two it's available right now on Disney+. Plus. We want to hear your thoughts. Have you caught episode one for season two of The Mandalorian yet? And we want to know, was it worth your time sitting down there? Because for me, it was. I think it got off to a much better start than the original season. But again, for me, the series really had some great highs and lows during the first season. I'm hoping for more of a consistent high. So that's what I'm hoping for with The Mandalorian. But what is The Mandalorian going to be like for you? We want to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. My friend, there's more to talk about on today's program. In fact, our Black Friday coverage begins this month. And it's going to start off actually a little bit different. You know, we always in the past just focused in on one big episode that we hit you with because all the Black Friday stuff came out at the same point in time. Well... 2020, as you know, has been a little bit different. So I want to ask you this, my friend. Are you excited now to see so many different types of plans with all these different retailers throwing out different ideas and concepts into the Black Friday process? Because Walmart is doing separate Black Friday ads and they're scattering it throughout the month. I know other retailers are trying different ideas as well. So I want to hear your thoughts on this. Is a different approach to Black Friday a good thing for 2020? Uh, yes and no. I mean, I, I haven't seen like w the end of the road, you know, like what it's going to look like when all said and done. But, you know, it feels like they're just putting things on sale and then calling it part of Black Friday at this point. Even last year, you saw a little taste of that. Yeah, get your Black Friday ads now. Yeah, your yeah, prices well, now. I mean, and when like Prime Day happened, right? Everyone's. Yeah some people called it like an early black friday sale you Get know your it's, black it's friday not, prices now yeah it doesn't feel like the full experience you know and if you can't get things on like the legitimate black friday day that you can get on like now then it just it doesn't why call it black friday because it's not it's not black friday and, and it's maybe on a wednesday that's because, yeah and and right For well okay now. yeah no you, you know what i mean though but it, it's like yeah. 
it's just the experience feels incomplete and i guess it all depends on what you want to buy but you know i i got a couple gaming monitors from best buy last week for the school i work at and they had some cool stuff on there but i mean they called it a black friday ad but there's only like 15 things on sale so it's not it's it's just a sale you know why why call it black friday i think people would still buy at that point they just they don't need the label exactly and this first ad by walmart for what they call their black friday deals which is showing up on the first wednesday of the month which is confusing in and of itself it's very troubling to see because you have black friday coming out on a wednesday just like you said call just call it a, the big grand holiday sale or something like that but there is some decent stuff that's out there and obviously the first thing that people go for are what's going on with tvs and Hitting people first off with a 65-inch 4K UHD Roku TV for 228. So I want to ask you this, my friend. First off, 65-inch for 228. That's a really good price on a Roku television. So, eh, does it really want to get you into that? I mean, for a lot of people, you know, that can't afford the thousand, two thousand dollar televisions, this might at least be a good way to start off with, especially if they want to go ahead in the next week go after some next console generation consoles yeah well i mean this is a good time to buy a tv so i i have seen a lot of those tvs on sale and like yeah go ahead buy i mean if you were in the market for one like you would be foolish to not even consider something like that but again like just call it a sale you know if you go to target any time of the year you'll see those tvs tcl or roku or whatever you'll see them marked off by almost 50% on any given Sunday. So it's not, again, it's still not really like a Black Friday, but just call it like the year's biggest TV sale. Like that would do the same thing. You know, I'm just, I'm curious why they're extending Black Friday as opposed to just like making it all go on sale and just calling it a sale. Yeah, I hear you. And these are not the highest brands in the world. Okay, when I'm saying that it's, uh, oh, you know, this is their ONN. 65 inch class 4k uhd roku television i mean and also they're doing an onn 42 inch for 88 dollars which i think is actually even better price for that but you don't know the quality because this is an maybe an exclusive brand for walmart or or whatever i'm not familiar with onn and neither is the average consumer out there so we don't know what kind of quality it's going to be even though it says in the case of the 65 inch 4k uhd so that's going to be very interesting. But if you do need a large television that could put out decent quality with some type oh, yeah. of capability, there you go. 228, that's going to be a great deal. The thing that sticks out to me is something that doesn't go on sale all that often, and that's AirPods from Apple. And being $30 off on their Generation 2 AirPods, and they're going for $99, and it's online only. Just want to tell you it's online only out there on all these things that we're talking about. If you go to Walmart on Wednesday, you're not going to be in for a great deal because these are all online-only ads that I'm talking about right now. The AirPods are something that's really popular with a lot of people out there. And if you have iPhones or any Apple devices, picking up a pair of these for $99, that might actually be one of the best things that you can get out there at least early on in November. Yeah, I mean, anytime you get AirPods for cheaper than what they cost, you're, it's, it's still worth looking into. For me right now, I'm checking out these gaming laptops and like computer stuff is, is something, yeah, they go on sale all the time, but 
you know, so sometimes you see a, a bargain and it's hard to pass it up. Like if like $500 for a gaming laptop, you know, that's, that seems like a pretty good deal to me. It does. Like you said, the gaming laptops, one high end i7, 799. That one actually is also online only. So people are going to have to go ahead and get on walmart.com early. It does have 512 gigabyte SSD storage. So that's going to mean your games are going to run a little bit faster. There's also eight gigabytes of RAM and a decent 15 inch display on the laptop. So MSI gaming laptop for 799, that's a pretty decent deal. They also have a Pavilion i5 for students out there. I think this might be something really that's worth looking into with an Intel Core i5. That's going to be a 449 deal that's going to be also online only. It's going to run things okay for you, but again, it's really more geared for students doing a lot of their schoolwork and things of that nature, especially for those doing a lot of virtual schooling right now. So that's something a lot of people might look into. There are some great ideas that are out there in this Walmart ad, including for Hot Wheels, Hatchimals, Nerf. (laughs) Nerf, 50 years later, Nerf is still good, my friend. It's still a big seller. And then, of course, of course, there's a lot of home electronics if you need as far as for cooking, for vacuuming, things of that nature, some pretty good deals there. So I want to go ahead and give everybody a shout out. If you can, take a look at the walmart.com ad. Take a look at it. And if there's something you like, I'd say buy early because you don't know what the accessibility is going to be like for products similar to these, maybe at a little bit better price later on in the month. But Josh, go ahead as well. Just share your thoughts on this. I would say if there's something you really want to target this holiday, buy early and don't get left behind. Yeah, honestly, yeah, I've been thinking about this a lot too. I think that, yeah, if, if you see something on sale or you see a deal, we went out to Arlington, Arlington, Texas, and we went to this mall there and it's the biggest mall I've ever seen in my life. But like they have all these really cool stores and I want to go into a lot of them. They have like a Think Geek, Box Lunch, stuff, places like that. But you have to wait in line to get into it. So I'm thinking when the holidays get here and these places are packed, who knows how long some of these lines are going to be in order to get into the store because they're only letting so many people in with COVID going on. So that's why a lot of these early ads and a lot of these prices that we shouted off already, they're geared online only ads. So I think they're Mm -hmm. they're leaning in that direction. Yeah. So, I mean, definitely if you see something that could be a present for somebody or something that you want yourself. Like it's definitely worth picking up at this point, just because I feel like Christmas is going to be chaos this year. Well, there is going to be a lot of great ads over the next few days that are going to be popping up. And we at the pop culture cosmos, will try to bring that to you either off of our Facebook page, pop culture cosmos, or what you can do is go ahead and follow us on our shows. I'm going to go ahead and bring up some of the best deals or best things that we're looking at. But the Black Friday shopping season has now arrived with Walmart's first ad going up on the 4th of November. If you want to go ahead and check it out, it will be up this week on the Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page or wherever you get your Black Friday ads. Well, coming up next, we got two great guests coming up back to back. It's Kelly Lanigan. He's going to be talking a little bit about HBO's The Vow. Ben Arnaud is also coming up later in the program talking The Mandalorian. And then Josh and I will be closing out the show talking about mm, McRib. That's all coming up at the back end of the show. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. Coming soon, Zero Cool Films presents 
action figure adventure. Super collector Jay Bartlett hits the road once again in search of action figures, most iconic and noteworthy and rare figures, all in the name of creating the most ultimate action figure auction ever. He fronts the cash that charity benefits in the end. What will he get? How will he get it? And how well will he do? Find out in 2020. Thanks so much for getting back in touch with us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. We truly appreciate it. It's one of the most talked about shows of 2020. It's The Vow on HBO and also HBO Max. I'll tell you what, it's something that you got to see to believe how this self-help group turned into a multi I think billion dollar, possibly multi-billion dollar industry in and of itself with several branching corporations, but also an underlying deceit and underlying criminal activity that went on. And basically there was, if you haven't heard the news, there's been a lot of fallout in the past couple of years leading to its founder and charismatic leader, per se, Keith Raniere. He got sentenced yesterday, as we're taping this, to 120 years in prison, stemming from charges from sex trafficking, racketeering, forced labor, and I'm sure there's a lot more coming his way as well, along with other individuals that are involved at the top. So it's one of the most talked about stories right now going on in the news. And here today to talk about The Vow on HBO and hopefully what's to come in season two, you got to check them out every Monday on our adventures in RPG, whether it's Call of Cthulhu, whether it's Dungeons and Dragons, Lost Mine of Fandiver, or Demolition Force. You got to check out what he's doing every single time. It goes up live every Monday around 2 p.m. Pacific time on the Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook channel. It is Kelly Lanigan. And Kelly, I cannot thank you enough for joining me to talk about The Vow. I've been waiting to talk about The Vow for a long time with somebody because it's been something that I just randomly picked up. I heard a wind of somebody say, oh, yeah, it's about this cult. And I've actually caught it through the news over the, period, over the past couple of years about the fallout of it. And it's like, huh. I always like when something crashes, I always like to follow it. You know, I'm, I'm unfortunately one of those people that likes to peer out the window at the car crash going by. So I want to hear your thoughts on the vow first off and the fall of Nixium. Yeah. So thank you again, Gerald. Check out our D&D podcast. It's awesome. We'll just Absolutely. Plug that. So the vow was an awesome show. I think that anything that HBO does is probably going to be pretty good. I had heard about them over the past few years, just in the news, kind of following things. I listened to like a podcast about true crime and things like that. And they, they did mention it a while back. And before that, I had heard about the show. And so that's how I knew mainly about Keith Raniere and Nexium. But I mean, it's just an interesting show. All of the people are really interesting. There's a lot of money going into this. And... Well, it's just interesting all the way that they very carefully, very intelligently planned this out as far as creating it from scratch because he had already built a company through deceptive means and didn't have exactly the greatest reputation in the world, but very intelligent individual. That's something that I think, I think the IQ is around 240. He claims, he claims. but you know, the way he's able to manipulate people throughout the, the years, I'm not going to put a past him on that because the fact that he was one of those 
individuals with his philosophies, his words of wisdom, quote unquote, and I'm using that as the lack of a better term. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They inspired thousands upon thousands of people to join up and continually shelve money over to go ahead and be part of this organization, which they, you know, I think for the most part, they thought would be self-improvement, self-help, uh, a gathering, a community that they created, which pretty much in several countries worldwide. But the way they, he and also uh, one of the co-founders as well, Nancy Salzman, how they created this inner sanctum about how they go ahead and map things out. And they just basically, this cult, for lack of a better term, I think we're going to go ahead and call it from a cult oh, from now on. I think it's it works. Yeah, yeah because the, the people itself that were in it, whether they were innocent or guilty, the way they, they changed, the way that they warped, the way the reality was warped for them, I think we have to go ahead and, and classify this as a cult. But the, the intelligent ways this was mapped out through Hollywood, through other countries, through the rich, they went towards richer star-studded individuals that had power and controlled themselves and they manipulated them for their own beliefs. Yeah, I think that was a clear tactic of Ranieri. I think, I don't know if it's Ranieri or Ranieri. That's Ranieri. I hear Ranieri, yes. Yeah, so Ranieri, I think that he, I mean, he did have that history in MLMs. I think in the 90s or something, he had an MLM that was actually really successful. They show that a little bit in the show. I can't remember what it was called. It seemed to me like it was kind of an early internet thing. It was a multi-level marketing thing that turned out to be a scheme. And unfortunately, he got caught. And on the state level that I think it was shut down, I think in Pennsylvania, if I'm not mistaken. But Something like that or New Jersey. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so basically, he, he had already had a tarnished reputation, but managed to go ahead, even though he was in the news at that point in time, in the early 90s for this debacle, he managed to go ahead and reinvent himself as this philosophical leader that inspired, again, thousands upon thousands upon thousands. And he engineered this drive to have others recruit new members. You know, obviously, first off, the money that could be spawned from them by paying memberships, by doing things within the, the cult, doing things within the organizations, and also branching out the Nixium into other organizations and create this look of what was going on as far as something that many people wanted to be a part of. But like you said, with this secret division of women that they had, had brought to specifically, I guess, uh, a dominant and a submissive type format, for lack of a better term, it, you know, it really created that part of it was the was the most illegal part of it, and how that led to Keith Raniere involvement. Not only his blessing, but his interaction with these young ladies, for the most part, was reprehensible. And obviously, it's something that you, you just don't quite get because of his allure and his charisma. He didn't have to go these bounds. He had I, all, so many people tied around his finger. He didn't have to go ahead and take that step further. Yeah, I think he was just really good at manipulating people. Another thing that hits me is that so much of it was recorded, either audio recordings or video recordings. That's why I think this series is so good is because so much of it is captured. 
there is very little recreation, which I was thankful for. It was like one little moment of a recreation that, that kind of cringed me. But for the most part, it's all there. It's all like recorded. It's something like he wanted, Keith Ranieri wanted all of this documented for all the years that he was doing this. And in the end, that's part of his undoing. Yeah. Yeah, it was strange. He wanted everything recorded. Even the, you know, I remember seeing a couple scenes a lot of them, I just don't understand what he's trying to say. It just seems like kind of psychobabble nonsense. But people just hang on that, you know, they're listening to him like, oh my God, this is amazing. They're hanging on every word. Yeah. And I don't get it. You know, I think I would have ran just out of there, but like, no way. But who knows? I mean, unless you get in front of the guy, you know. And, and also talks about, as far as the vow is concerned, during the series. Again, if you need to check it out, it is available on HBO, and I believe HBO Max as well. It's the vow nine episodes. You got to check it out. Part of the thing as well is if you saw or someone in there, you, as they as they go on and tell the stories. Uh, in fact, an actress that was in one of the Star Wars movies was part of this. An Australian actress, and uh, not not only that, but Catherine uh, Catherine Oxenberg had initially joined in and got her daughter in, and that was a major part of the reason why the results came down yesterday. Because her activity in trying to get her daughter out of this cult, but you see this as far as where it's going and where it's leading, and if you wanted to get out, the danger in which it took to get out of this cult. And the consequences, if you do, not only Keith Raniere coming after you with words and actions. They would sue you into bankruptcy, basically. Yeah, and they interviewed a couple people where they just said, hey, you know, I have 200 different lawsuits against me just for leaving. You know, it's that's kind of a tactic that seems like cults usually use. You know, the big ass one is one that kind of uses that. I mean, it's just so fascinating. I mean, if you leave, they really come after you with a vengeance because they have the power and the means. And again, it goes back to some of the high-powered individuals that Keith Raniere, who wasn't using his own money, you know, if you look at it, he isn't a direct part of this organization. You know, none of his, and his name is not on any of the, the official markings of all the corporations that they own. That's one of the more interesting things and aspects of it as well. And he had such great connections all over the world that he ended up fleeing to Mexico before the federal agents caught up to him and basically extradited him back to America, where we have our judgment that took place yesterday as we're recording this of 120 years in prison. years. That's a long time. Yeah. Uh, so he would be over 170 by the time he gets out. Yeah. You know, in the 120 years, that seems like a lot, but I don't know exactly why. I mean, it's a because, message. It's a message yeah. from the courts, I think is what it comes down to. It's a message that says, you know what, for anyone else that tries to go ahead and run this type of scheme that hurts the lives of so many people, you're going to pay the price. Yeah. I think it seems deserved, but at the same time, you know, that's a long time. That's his whole life. Yeah. You know, he's probably not going to get parole. No. And the show kind of left, for me, the show kind of left some things open-ended. You know, they didn't go into, like, the sex trafficking stuff, which they never really exactly go into it. There's also it, other individuals like yeah. Grace Park, Allison Mack's wife, which I've seen in reports in the past 48 hours 
how important were they to the story? You know, mm -hmm. how important were they to the overall thing? Because that's what I want to know. That's what I want to find more, more detail about is other individuals that were involved in this. What was their level of involvement? Obviously not to the point where it was criminal, but still, if they're mentioned by the news outlets now, why didn't the vow really touch on this? Grace Park was briefly mentioned, but Alison Mack's wife wasn't mentioned very much at all. Though there were others involved that I think that still defend Keith Raniere, even to this day, they showed up at yeah. court after his sentencing to still say as followers that they are really against this decision. So it's interesting to see, even to this day, that still people get sucked in by what Keith Raniere has to exactly. say. You know, I'm sure they still, I don't know what the company's still doing, but, you know, they ended the show and there was still stuff going on in Mexico. In yeah. the company. Who knows? My girlfriend's been watching the show with me and there's a new show on stars where she's trying to tell her story. But to finish our conversation, I want to ask you this, my friend. Season two, it did get renewed by HBO for season two. And at the very end, they have a conversation in jail or actually a phone call in jail from Keith Raniere. And I want to ask you this, my friend. What are you looking for in season two from HBO's The Vow? I would like to know more about like why it's 120 years. I mean, tax evasion, stuff like that. You know, the government is going to get you, but he never killed anybody that I know of. You know, the 120 years seems like a long time. I mean, oh, he ruined yeah. a lot of people's lives. I guess that's what I want to see. I'd like to see a little more of maybe Nancy Salzman talking, maybe some of the people that are also being under the gun yeah. as far as in trial. You know, Nancy probably won't talk on that on the newest season, but who knows? I'm very interested to see what continues in season two for The Vow. It has been something, like I said, of this, uh, what, the past three years been something that has come to light, which a lot of people have been shocked at seeing. Uh, I'm just incredibly saddened to see the lives of all these people affected so adversely as far as those that were it, that went into this cult with a different understanding. And, you know, and they're just... It's just a shame to see wh what has happened to all these individuals. And I'm very sad to see this, this take place. But again, hopefully this 120-year sentence for Keith Raniere is also going to go ahead and prove as a reminder out there that you cannot go and take these steps to adversely affect so many people out there because the layers of intricacy within this organization it just was so ripe for nefarious deeds, and it ultimately ended up doing just that. Yeah, hurt a lot of people. It yeah. did hurt a lot of people indeed. But Kelly, I'll tell you what, it's been a great conversation on The Vow. I'm looking forward to The Vow Season 2. Looking forward to you jumping back on with us again. If you, everyone out there wants to go ahead and check out Kelly's work as the Bard, saving our entire group time and time and time and time again, uh, because yeah. Ben is no longer there. He had to take over for Ben's spot as far as the individual who saves our butt every single time out. We, we work together as a group. We're a great group. So everybody does their thing. Every day, everyone does do their thing, everybody that's for sure. It. As we found out on our last episode, if you wanted to catch it right now, it's on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel on Facebook. But it's just so funny to see how even when we think we're a trusted group, Something always goes awry, didn't it? It goes awry. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, somebody had like a little bit itchy fingers there, but you know we what? Did. Go ahead. 
go ahead and check out our previous episode of the RPGs games that we go ahead and play each and every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific time. Want to go ahead and check out everything that we do is Demolition Force and also the 20 episodes of The Lost Mine of Fandiver. You can also see Kelly when he takes the DM chair for not only his one shot, but also the Call of Cthulhu that he ran earlier this year. We're probably going to run that again. So if anybody's interested in that, we can figure something out. Yeah, I'm going to be running it for Melinda and a few other people sometime. So looking forward to that. Looking forward to that. I may have to hop on. I may have to hop you back should. on. I think you would like Call of Cthulhu. Last time was a little bit weird. This time, if I run it for you again, you're going to love it. It's going to be awesome. You want to go ahead and check out our streams each and every Monday at 2 p.m. Right there where Kelly is, again, saving our troop each and every time out, but in our ventures as part of the demolition force. I love my team. I got to save them. There you go. Got to save me all the time because I'm getting hurt all the time. You do the combat. You do the swords. I just do the healing. There you go. Well, you you also are the manipulator. You're yeah. you know you're our own Keith Raniere when it comes to sweet talking everyone out there. But my bard doesn't want to hurt people in a bad way. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. So hopefully your bard will not get sentenced to 120 years in prison. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. But it is the vow season two is coming next year in 2021. It's been a big hit for HBO. I'm looking forward to checking that out as they go deeper into the cult known as Nixium and all the entrants and all the key players and learning more about that. But Kelly, I'll tell you what, it's been a great time talking to you. I cannot thank you enough for being a part of the show. It's been a great interview. I'm looking forward to getting back you on and then also catching you every week as you save again our entire troop each and every week right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis. I love it when I get to talk to my great friend from Australia, Ben Arnault. So many years dealing with me, this yank right here in the US, I guess is how you guys say it. Something I know that you're excited for. It's the Mandalorian, which I know is something that a lot of people have been very, very excited for. It is coming out on October 30th to Disney+. Plus. I know you're excited about it. I know my daughter, who's got a Baby Yoda balloon on the other side of this door that I'm here in the studio <laughs> at, is is very excited for. And she's 15, so that tells you right there. But I will ask you this, my friend. It's something that you're still excited for. I know you, you've talked in such glowing terms about it, I have a feeling you're going to be very excited for what's upcoming in The Mandalorian. Mate, my whole household is super excited for this. We've got Mandalorian on Friday night, Halloween on Saturday night. It's just going to be incredible here. And as you're aware, my wife's American, so my house is the only house in the street that's decked out for Halloween. But all the kids make sure they come to our house, so we get to spend the night scaring them as well. But yeah, Mandalorian I'm really, really looking forward to that. And I haven't read yet because I haven't read too much into it because I'm trying to avoid any kind of spoilers. 
I'm hoping that they drop it all in one go so they don't drip it out week by week. No, they have to. Um, because- You're going to see this now. All of them are doing it. The binge watching for now has been put on hold because simply the fact that all these streaming companies and streaming outlets, they don't have all the content. So they have to go ahead and space stuff out due to the production issues and things of that nature. So you are unfortunately going to be seeing, even in Netflix, which love to put things out for binge watching, is going to be yeah, doing, yeah. for the most part, putting these out on a week-by-week basis. I'll just have to watch that first episode on Friday night like four times back-to-back then. There you go. There you go. That's what's going to have to happen. But no, I am I am super excited about that. I'm really hoping that we do see Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano. Huge crush on Rosario Dawson. I think she's fantastic. But yeah, The Mandalorian Season 2, I just can't wait. I absolutely adored Season 1. I think it did a lot to repair the reputation of Star Wars after it took a bit of a beating through Episodes 8 and 9, which brings me to something that I did read about the possibility of a director's cut of Episode 9. Have you heard about that? They've talked about it. I I think there would be something like as far as some other entities out there that might stretch or season there's talk of wandavision getting extra episodes added because of what's going on with the coronavirus and production stuff like that there's talk about other series getting a maybe an episode or two extended the walking dead had to totally redesign the way it's doing the latter part of its series because of what's going on so we could see maybe even extra episode or something of that nature as far as possibly even like you said a director's cut being thrown mm. in there just because but yeah, you know, I wouldn't put it out of the, the the entire realm of possibilities simply because of the fact that you, you need content in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Well if the if the content's already sitting there and, and they're stuck in a position where they can't create new stuff at the moment. Yeah. I mean, this is this is prime time for, you know, directors cuts of all these different things. Like I have read that uh, like JJ came out and said that episode nine is nothing like what the movie he envisioned. So, you know, it would be really interesting to see what what his vision was, um, but just but just getting back to, to to Mandalorian season two, you know, like I've you see all these different gossip stories about you know Pedro Pascal marching off set and quitting and blah 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 blah, and I just I hope that that's all just internet scuttlebutt. I'm um, sure it you know, is. Like, I, I I'm a sucker for getting sucked into these YouTube clickbait videos, and you know Pedro Pascal's quit. And then you get into the video and it's you're three quarters of the way through and they finally say, well, it is a rumor at this stage. You're like, oh, okay. It's not actually news. It's just. It's just clickbait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I don't think, I don't think he's uh, going to walk away from that. Oh, he barely shows his face. He barely actually even does the in, in life, in actual acting. It's all, a lot of it for him is voice acting from his house probably or studio. So yeah. Yeah. So for him, it's an easy gig and I'll take it anytime I, you know, if it was offered to me, I could get that. So, you know, it, be that as it may, it's still something we're very, very excited for. I look forward to it and just really excited for what's to come in season two of the Mandalorian. Absolutely stoked. Well, my friend, it's been great talking to you as always. I'm just so pleased and so honored as always. I will get you back on the program ASAP. Sounds good to me, mate. I look forward to it. And as always, I look forward to having you a part of the pop culture cosmos. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with the Pop Culture Cosmos. Want to thank so much Kelly Lanigan. You want to go ahead and check out what he's doing every single Monday on the Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page as he and other great adventurers, along with myself, are there each and every Monday for our Dungeons & Dragons adventures. 
And then I also want to thank Ben Arnault from Smoking Hot Confessions. Want to go ahead and check out everything that he's doing at smokinghotconfessions.com. Want to thank him so much for sharing thoughts on The Mandalorian. Looking forward to his cooking thoughts next week, so I'm looking forward to that. I also want to go ahead and announce that we are a part of the Indie Pods United coming up at the back end of the month. In fact, right now we're scheduled to be one of the premier shows on the first day of the convention, November 29th. So Josh hopefully will be there. I'm hoping to get Marcus. I'm hoping to get a grand crew together. It's going to be a great half hour of fun there. It's going to be November 29th. We'll get you the times and details and also the information, but it's a great convention. You want to go ahead and check out with dozens and dozens and dozens of podcasts over the course of five days showing off their wares. So if you're looking for a great podcast, you want to go ahead and check it out, looking to start your own podcast and also some other great music and comedian guests that are also going to be part of it. It's a great convention. Tickets are already on sale. It's going to be $10, just $2 a day to check out everything. There will also be a lot of free streaming out there as well. So you want to go ahead and check that out. IndiePodsUnited.com. We'll have more information for you out there. That's IndiePodsUnited.com. And I want to go ahead and give a big shout out to the Psychedelic Podcast and Tina Marie and Robert who are heading this up. So I want to go ahead and thank them for allowing us at the Pop Culture Cosmos to be a part of Indie Pods United. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. we got a lot of stuff to talk about as Noah Ian Fine returns in the big chair on Friday's episode. But before we head on out, my friend, mm, McRib is back. But this time, it's not going to be done on a regional basis as it has in previous years. It's going to be done on a nationwide basis, the first time since 2012. I know McDonald's has changed a little bit about what they're doing, you know, as far as how their presentation works, as far as their food is concerned, packaging a lot of meals after famous celebrities in recent months. And now this national rollout, once again, first time in many years for the McRib. What are your thoughts on the McRib? And is it really cool to see it being brought out on a nationwide basis? You know, I I've never like been a McRib lover. I think it tastes okay. I just I've never like been obviously as much of a fan as you have. I I know it's it's special to everybody. Yeah, I mean I don't understand like why McDonald's puts things back in the vault. Like Disney. Like Disney, yes. I guess to create that demand for it. But I mean, anytime you go to McDonald's breakfast, lunch, or dinner, like you're gonna find a line in the drive through. So it's just kind of weird that they would make this like specifically for this time or the I get it. You know, it's the same thing with like their Szechuan sauce that everyone's obsessed with for a while. So I don't know. What are your thoughts though? I go to McDonald's once or twice a year. Maybe I go for breakfast if we're like out and on a trip or something. But for us, really the one targeted point in year that I make an effort to go to McDonald's is when they roll out the McRib. For me, it's something special that goes for me way back to when I was a kid, when they first rolled out the McRib. And yes, I know what a McRib is. I know what it's made out of. I know (laughs) it's not exactly what it seems, but it's still darn good tasting to me. So I'm looking forward to it, my friend. It's the only reason why I would look forward to going to McDonald's, because the allure of going to McDonald's is now gone for me. You know, it's it's like making something feel new again, or even just for nostalgia. I can totally understand that. I'm just, I'm curious, like, statistically, how much their business increases when the McRib comes out. So I'd like to do some research on that. 
What are your thoughts out there on the McRib? Are you going to go ahead and hit up a McDonald's near you? Because for the first time since 2012, they're actually hitting nationwide. The McRib legend is back. Share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. I cannot thank you enough for being part of it. Any last thoughts on the way out? I gotta look at some more Black Friday ads. I'm, you know, I'm curious. I didn't know that this was becoming like a spatial thing, so I am going to check some things out, and we'll we'll chat more about this. Absolutely, because I'm gonna hit you up with some more Black Friday preview ads coming up on next week's Pop Culture Cosmos. I may even have something for Noah on Friday's program for Black Friday. We'll see. It depends on exactly what's coming out there in the near future, but. Black Friday is looking like it's expanding throughout the month of November, and we'll keep you up to date right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassman. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great Hey, weird podcast people, join us every week on the Flopcast for a half hour or so of silly conversation about comics, music, Saturday morning cartoons, old movies and TV shows, and chickens. It'll be our little secret. Find us at Flopcast.net and on the ESO Network. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.